0: Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the book of Revelation, chapter 11.
1: Are you allowing him to be the Lord in, in every area of your life? Are you allowing him to be king in, in your home, for example? Are you saying, okay, Lord, be king in my home? Is he really Lord of your home? I was thinking through this message, and I am thinking, is he Lord? I, this morning I was praying, Lord, will you just be Lord of this house? Because sometimes we can take the reins back and say, oh, yeah, I gave this house to, Lord, I commit this house to you. Yeah, we committed this house to the Lord back in so and so. But then all of a sudden we're, we're kind of, you know, we've got it back, and we're like ruling our own house, and this is my house, and this is, uh, I'm the king of my house, and my, my castle, and all that. No, no, is, it, is he the king of, of your home? Is he the Lord over what you watch in your house? Is he, he the Lord over or what you allow happening in your house? Is, is he the Lord? Is he, is he king in your home? He wants to be. Or do we open the back door and say, well, um, Lord, can you just go outside for a little while? You know, just, you know, just stand out here for a while. I'm just going to take over. And then every once in a while, you open up the back doors. Oh, well, Jesus, oh, come on in now. Things are cool. We can, we can have you in here now. Be Lord now, now that we're done doing what we want to do. Is he king over, over your home? Is he king over your marriage? He wants to be, for those that are married. He wants your marriage to be submitted to him. I'll tell you, when Jesus is king over our marriage, it's a, it's a wonderful thing or I'm not trying to rule my family, my wife, and she's not trying to rule over me. We're, we're trying to submit to His Lordship. I see couples sometimes, they they feel that the Lord's putting them together, but really they're, you know, it's like they, they think that other person is going to make their life complete. Their completeness is is not in Christ, in God, but they think, oh, if I marry this person, this is what I'm missing. If I If I find my soulmate, you know, I'm going to be complete with that person. No, your completeness needs to be in him first. He needs to be Lord. He needs to be king of your life first. And then as you're two or one, it's not she or he's completing you. Yeah, the two be, she, shall become one, but your completeness is really in Christ. And it's a beautiful thing when, when he's in the midst of it and he's ruling over your marriage. Remember the story about the, the man that had a car accident and he died and he goes to heaven and there's two lines. Remember that? We, I've heard this story many times. I love it. You know, so there's two lines. There's one big, long, long line and there's a, another line with just one man standing there. And so he asks, he says, well, what's going on? Which line do I stand in? he says, well, that line there is the, the line, the long line is where men that weren't spiritual leaders in their homes and they have to stand in that line. And, and that line over there where that one guy's standing, that's, you know, that's for the men that were spiritual leaders in their home and that's, that's where they stand. And he's like, no. Way and he goes to get in the 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 long line. He goes, well, I'm going to first talk to this guy, you know. So he goes over there. and says, I just want to congratulate you, you know, for you know, you made it to heaven and you were the spiritual leader in your home. He says, that is just a wonderful thing. Goes, what are you talking about? He says, well, that's you're in that line. He goes, no, my wife told me to stand here. (laughs) 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 He wants to be Lord. Not the wife taking the reins and ruling the house. Not the husband ruling over the house thinking that he's the king of his castle. But but Jesus Christ ruling in your life personally in that way, he can rule in the house. He can rule over your marriage. Single people, don't look for a completeness in a mate. Look for your completeness in Christ. And find the mate that is making... Christ, their completeness. Don't think that you can rescue them. Christ is the only one that can truly rescue them. What about in your career, your workplace? Has it it been submitted to him? As we look at this, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Well, spiritually speaking, he wants to do that personally in our lives, and he wants to do that even in your workplace. I remember when I was in the corporate world, you know, it's just... You know, sometimes I'd walk in rooms and the guys would just be quiet. Oh, Joe's here. Be quiet. You know, don't talk about that. And I would tell them, (laughs) they said, oh yeah, we're just talking about our weekend. You know, we know you don't want to hear that. And I'd and you know, I'd use it as an opportunity to share the Lord as much as I could. I remember one time it was so funny. I was out to lunch with the coworkers and I'm sitting there. I forget where we were, Burger King, I don't know where it was. I remember just sitting there and I put my head down, pray over my food like this. and, And one of my coworkers, he says, he says, now, do you, do you pray over everything? And I says, well, I, yeah. And he goes, so if you have a bag of potato chips, like a snack, you, do you bow your head and pray over this, the snack? And I says, no, I guess I don't. He goes, and he's like, well, doesn't it count? You know, you, you're not afraid that you might get sick from your potato chips? And i was like, <laughs> <laughs> and in a way, he was mocking me, but it was, just, it, was, it was a sweet thing, and I used it as an opportunity. It's like we, we should allow him to be king no matter where we're at. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. He honors those that honor him. He wants to be king. There's people around you that are watching you and they're in your workplace. And if he's king, if he's ruler, they're noticing. We're called to be different. I'm not saying to be weird, though. You know, you We're know, not going to take it the other level. Some people are just like, oh, I'm getting persecuted for righteousness. Like, no, you're being persecuted because you're acting crazy. You know, don't do that. Don't be good. Jesus isn't crazy. He's not weird. He's, he's awesome. He's powerful. He's king in all of our life, in our ministry, the kingdoms of this world. I don't know how many times in ministry I, you know, I, I look back and think, oh, Lord, why did I get in your way? <laughs> it's like, why did I do that? I think of even the labor of love, you know, again, just to, I felt that this year more than ever, it was just kind of submitted over to him. It's like all eyes were, to me at least, and hopefully this happened with you. It's like, I mean, for for us here, you know, here in leadership, as we talked about, it's almost like, it's like, you know, we submitted it unto the Lord. We're like, okay, God, all right, we're just going to rest in this. And it's just so powerful to see the Lord work. You you know that you're doing awesome in ministry when you're like, wow, God, you're doing awesome. Help me to just stay out of your way. And not that we're lazy, not that we don't do anything. It's like, no, we, we submit unto the Lord. We take the gifts and talents and we use them for his glory. But then we, we allow him to work. We allow the Spirit to work and we, we submit it to him. And it's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. He's ruling and reigning. He wants to do that in ministry. He, he wants to be king over it. Whenever I'm king over ministry and I've got the reins and I've got the throne, like I'm going to do this. and It's like everything, I don't know about you, everything falls apart. Everything's a mess. But when he's ruler, when he's reigning, everyone glorifies God and everyone says, God, you're so great. By the way, we're all called to minister. Did you know that? It's not a sideline sport. It's not like you're called to sit on the bench and say, go team, go team. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Go, 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 go. No, we need cheerleaders, yeah, but we need you out there in the, in the field with us. We really do. We're called to minister, and we're called to allow him to, to be king over the ministries that he's called us to, surrendering it to him. How about your finances? The importance of allowing him to be king over even your finances. When I was at Calvary Costa Mesa serving there as an assistant pastor, I believe every time, bar none, when someone would come to, that had terrible financial difficulties, I, one of the first questions I would ask him, well, do you tithe at church? And i said, say, no, pastor, we can't afford to tithe. And I would always tell him, you can't afford not to tithe. Because you're, you're not putting God first with your finances. And every single time, you know, it's just, there, it was a mess. And every t- single time, like, no, we don't, we don't tithe. And I said, well, you know, you should do that. You know, it's, that's something, you know, God even says, test me in this. And he wants to be king over your finances. Even in Malachi, it says, you know, see if I won't open up the, the, the doors of heaven, basically, and pour out a blessing you can't even contain. Is he king over your finances? Do you pray over your finances, and do you allow him to rule over your thoughts? We talked last week about Temptation. Well, you know, most of the problem we have it starts in the mind. That's where the enemy loves to start in your thought life. And you know, it's not sin when you think about it. If you keep thinking, you dwell on it, it can become sin. But t- typically, the things you're dwelling on and you continue to think upon, they 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 come out. They're, they 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 manifest in action. And we have to allow Him to be King. And when a thought comes to your mind that's not of the Lord, it's not. Him, we have to keep every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we have to, to dispel it. He wants to be king for everything. Your relationship with others is he king. It's so good to keep the Lord in the center with your relationship with others. The Bible says that no, no man according to the flesh. That's a difficult one, isn't it? Because we're in the flesh, you know, it's like we're, we're in this physical world, you know, and the Bible says, well, don't know him according to the flesh. There's many times when you have conflict with someone, you have to, you know, the best thing to do is just bring it to the Lord and say, Lord, help me to see this person with your eyes. Help me to, to comprehend because a lot of times, you know, I know personally what I do dealing with people, I, I misunderstand people, do you understand? Don't, you know, I'll misunderstand them. And it's like, I think they're saying one thing, but then when I just really pray over it and I ask the Lord to give me peace and then I I go back and I communicate with them, it's like, wow, now I get it. And it's like, you know, it's so good to allow him to be king over all of our relationships. The kingdoms of this world. What a powerful verse. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Great verse to go with this. Galatians 2.20. Paul the Apostle says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live, in the flesh, I live by faith. In the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So I've been crucified with Christ. So whereas we talk about surrendering, the day we give our life to the Lord, there should be crucifixion. And it's us. We die to ourselves. It's no longer I who live, Paul says. And it's not a, you know, we can look at this and say, oh, man, you know, i got to die to myself. No, it's actually a great thing. It's like, I can give my life totally over to Christ and allow him to live in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So it's a wonderful verse. Another verse that goes great with this. And I love this verse. Don't you love this verse? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. One of the most powerful verses in the Bible, just to be still, allow him to be king, allow him to rule, know that he's God, know that he's on the throne, know that he's, he's all-powerful, and he's able to do far more exceedingly abundantly than we could ever ask or think. And I just recently heard a story, I don't know if you've heard this story, about the Borden family, you know the dairy family? I believe it was in the 20s, the son of the Borden family, he was to be the next heir. And he's, he was to take over the empire, the Borden empire. But he, he told his family, he says, you know, I feel called to China. I want to be a missionary to China for Christ. And his family was like, you know, basically, you're crazy. You know what I mean? You've got an empire here. Go send. They literally said, send somebody else to do it for you. Okay, we, you've got an empire over here. Well, if you know the story, this young man, he, he went to China anyhow. He said, you know, I, I'm called to do this. And on the, the boat, I guess he was, he was totally sick. By the time he reached shore, they had to rush him to the hospital. Guess what? He died in the hospital. But they found a note on, on this young man. He said, it, it, on the note at the end of it, he said, no reservations, no regrets. And I wonder how many of us, as we talk about the surrendered life, how many of us at the end of our lives will be, be able to write, no reservations, no regrets. Because that's the life God had for it. God, he had a, actually a better life in heaven waiting for him. No reservations, no regrets. I pray that we could say that. Let's look at verse, the next verse, verse 16, please. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying... We give you thanks, O oh Lord God Almighty, who is, who was, who is to come because you've taken your great power and reign. Don't, don't miss the picture. The 24 elders, I believe, represents the church. So this is in the future. This is, you know, we're going to be in this group, I believe, representing, you know, we're, we're going to be there on thrones, there in heaven, and we're going to just start thanking him. We're going to be so joyful. We're going to say, God, finally you've taken your, your rightful place and you're going to rule and reign. So, you know, this is a picture of us. But as, as we look at this, I want to point out that, again, they're, they're saying thank you before the completion's even there. They're thanking the Lord. It's going, to, it's going to be three and a half years. They're still going to wait, but they're like, Lord, we know it's going to happen. You're going to rule and reign, and we're thanking you. And I, I want to use this to, to point out the fact that we can thank the Lord before we even see his will being accomplished. And something I, I'm learning more and more, and I'm, I'm learning just to thank God no matter what situation comes my way, and to be joyful in it, I'm so blessed. I, I, I'm surrounded by people here at the church and stuff, you know, people that love the Lord. And I just love, you know, some of you know, Brenda Garcia and, 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 and uh, Chad and, and others. And just the joy that my wife, and it's like, it's just so wonderful. It's like things happen here. And we're just like, we're just laughing and just having a great time. Like, you know what? If we were not in Christ, we would get razor blades and just start cutting our wrists. You know what i But it's like, no, we're just like, you know what? God's got it. And in heaven, we see that. They're thanking God before it's even happened because they know it's going to happen. And I just want to use this to say, anything that's happening in your life, you might think, oh, no, Lord, why are you allowing this? Well, if you're a believer in Jesus, can I suggest just thank him? Just rejoice and realize God's going to work it out because he knows what he's doing. And I know from my own personal life, it's a way to test my trust in him. Let me say that again. In my own personal life, when, when things come my way and it looks like, okay, Lord, uh, okay, I've I given you the kind of the reins to this ship, okay, and uh, I'm letting you steer over here, but you're going the wrong way, but you're saying you're going to take care of it. So um, help me, God. I'm going to do the best I can back here. You're I'm not the co-pilot. You're, you're the pilot. So I'm going to just go back here, do the best I can, but it doesn't look like you're steering it the right way, but thank you for whatever you're going to do because you're going to do it. And I'm telling you, there, it takes so much pressure off you when you, you have that trust in your pilot. He's on the throne. If you're doing your best, you're doing the best that you can, he's on the throne. And there's such calm and such peace when you, when you know that, okay, all right, you're, you're steering this, and okay, we're going in a terrible direction, and I'm doing my best on this end over here, and, and I'm going to okay, I'm trusting you. Let's get an iced tea. Let's just drink an iced tea. Let's sip on this iced tea. I've done my best. Let's just, okay, Lord, good job. Okay, you're, the rocks look like they're gonna, you're going to hit the rocks, but you're going to do this. And it's every time he doesn't hit the rocks. And then I'm like, Lord, that is just amazing. And the reason you were getting so close over here because we had to get down this way and it looked like a terrible way, but look at this. If I would have steered the boat over this way, it would have been a mess, but you put it down this way. And wow, you know what you're doing. And wouldn't you believe the next time the same thing happens sometimes I, I am so tempted to jump in the pilot seat. I'm so tempted to say, "Okay, okay, get out of this pilot seat. I need to get in there because you definitely don't know what you're doing, but I have to by faith trust that he does know what he's doing." Are you guys following me? It's a trust issue. It's a faith issue. We have to trust by faith that our God knows what he's doing. And I don't mean, again, please, you know, don't misunderstand me saying just to be lazy, don't do anything, you just lay back. Okay, I'm not doing nothing. No, no, you do your best, you pray that it's blessed, but you let Jesus take care of the rest. You put it in his hands. And you trust that he knows what he's doing. So just to put it up on the board, we can choose to be thankful and joyful before we see a fulfillment or completion of God's will being done in our lives. We can choose. It's a choice we have to make. Choose to be thankful. Choose to be joyful. That's what we're seeing in heaven. When I met my wife in 2000, I had a home in Michigan, and it was very clear the Lord was saying to move out here to California. I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. That wasn't a difficult thing to do. That was beautiful. But I had a home there and I had stuff there. And I, we had to go back and kind of eliminate some things. And so I just kind of basically gave a bunch of stuff away, sold a few things. I, I kind of reduced everything I had into four luggages. Photos and Bible commentaries, and you know, basically just that's about it. You know, just some personal items, and that was it. So here it is. I'm leaving everything Michigan. I've got these four luggages, and we're going on the plane. I'm like, this is it. If, you know, it actually felt good to get rid of all that stuff. I think it's healthy to do every once in a while to pray over everything and just say, let's get rid of this stuff. My grandpa, grandfather used to say, we have so much junk in the house. If it catches on fire, it's going to burn for two weeks because there's just so much stuff. <laughs> I mean, there's usually at least one of those in the family, right? A hoarder. is like, no, don't, don't throw that away. We might use it someday. <laughs> it's 30 years we've never used it. It's sitting in the closet. You know, let's throw it away. <laughs> but see, so I reduced everything to the four luggages, and I've got the my four luggages. We're going to the, you know, getting ready to check in on the plane, and I set my set them down, and we sit there, and I'm literally we're in line, ready to get on a plane, and a lady. The other side of the counter she gets a phone call and she says oh so we're not taking any more luggages for flight do 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 that's our flight so i went up to her says did i just hear you right you said you're not taking any more luggages for this flight number she goes yeah there we don't we don't have room we can't take any more luggages and i I was like are you for i go everything in my life everything's here I, i can we at least have an exception for once put it on the she goes i'm sorry i can't do nothing i got in the flesh and I'm going. They said you got to go check into the gate. So I'm going to the gate. I've got all this. I'm like, Lord, this is ridiculous. You know, I'm not going to put these on another plane. They might get lost. And it was just crazy stuff. So I go over to the gate. And I explain what's happening. You know, this, this, this. Everything's in here. Do you mind? Can I at least, you know, get? She goes, Sorry, we can't do anything. And she says, There's no more room. We have nothing. Can't put it on there. And I go, What are you going to do with this? She goes, We're not sure. You're just going to have to leave them here with us. So I go, What do you mean, leave them? <laughs> so I go, Okay, all right. So I'm like, Oh man. So finally, we're getting ready to board. She comes to us. She goes, okay, listen, we're just going to throw your, your luggage down this chute. <laughs> Literally, I go, well, where does it go? She goes, it's going to go on the plane. I go, really? So we throw him down there. We get it on the plane. I get in the plane. I'm sitting in my seat, and I start repenting. I'm like, Lord, I'm so sorry. I said, I was totally upset. I totally, you know, was in the flesh. Lord, forgive me. And God's peace just flooded me. And then I realized every one of those luggages were way over 100 pounds. And I think the limit was like 70 pounds at the time. And I'm thinking, they would have charged me extra for every luggage, and this way they didn't even weigh it. We just threw them onto the plane. And I'm like, God, you were trying to save me some money. (laughs) And I'm complaining the whole time. It would have been so much better to trust, trust the Lord that we don't see the results. It's Romans fifteen, thirteen. This is the one I was looking for. Make sure you take note of this verse. Now may the God of hope. Did you know that God's called the God of hope also? The God of hope fill you with all can we say that word? Joy and peace in believing. This fits perfectly. We have a God of all hope. We can put our hope in him. and He'll fill you with all joy. He'll fill you with all peace. And all you need to do is believe. And then it says that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, don't worry about it. God's got it. God's in control. You can trust him. You can thank him. You can be joyful before you even see the results. One more that goes great with this. Habakkuk 3.17. Habakkuk 3.17, if you're a note-taker. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the oil may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flocks may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stall. Sounds pretty depressing, doesn't it? What does it say the next verse? Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Even if we don't see any hope on the horizon, we could just have joy, we can rejoice. Amen? Because he's got it. He's in control. I'm sure most of you know this, but just for those that, you, that don't know this, happiness and joy are two different things. Did you know that? Happiness is based on typically based on outward circumstances. When things are going good, we're happy. When things are not going so well, we can become sad. It's, it's based on circumstances. Joy is based on our relationship with God. We as believers, and this is a reminder for all of us today, we as believers should have constant joy no matter what our circumstances are. Amen? No matter what happens, we should have joy. Jesus said, and I love this verse, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Lessons from heaven. There's more, but there's not enough time. (laughs) So I'll leave you with this. We've all heard this before, but it's a good reminder for us today. This life will soon be passed. Only what we do for Christ will last. Amen.
0: You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now. At 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peters Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.